0: Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage.
1: Morning, it's another pure gray morning. Don't know what the day is holding. and I get up, high, I'm
0: I walk right into the path of a lightning bolt. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for the filmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. Hello. I'm not Bill, but I'm here for a Star Wars episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is true. Bill is not here. In his place, we have uh, my close personal friend, Dan Gavosden. Hey, I'm really thrilled to be here. Happy to have you here. Just so people don't think this is like pure friendship nepotism, (laughs) allow me to read from the Christmas card that I received from Dan Gavazdan today. Dan has some some exciting professional achievements, which include welcoming hard to land guests on his podcast, which is the Amazing Spider Talk, Uh, joining as a guest on his favorite film podcast, which we won't name. And having work published in The Hollywood Reporter and TV Guide, Dan Gavosden. Welcome to the episode.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And it didn't even mention me being on the BBC, too. No, it didn't. Wow. I, so that was fun.
0: I vaguely remember that.
1: <laughs> this has been a fucking year, man. <laughs> it has, right? Like, these things get buried, you know, beyond every day's new news. And you can't keep up. Like, looking at films that came out at the beginning of this year, like, serenity was this year remember that wonderful yeah
0: (laughs) remember glass yeah i also january yeah glass was like the second week of january okay um i also just want to say that this is the first time we've ever recorded with video and so (laughs) it's it's the first time that i've ever been able to see people jam out to my song choice it it
2: didn't look as confused as usual so (laughs) you know kind of a failure
0: Oh man! Well, yeah, we are here to talk about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, and uh, we're going to do that right after the upfront matter. As always, uh, follow us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook the Film Stage Show. Give us a comment and reading on iTunes. Email us podcast@filmstage.com, and don't forget that you can become a patron of this here show <laughs> by going to Patreon.com/slash/TheFilmStageShow. You'll get access to our super cool Slack channel. And first crack at all of our movie-related raffles. And uh, you might have noticed that the filmstage.com has a brand new layout. If you had been one of our patrons, you would have had a chance to see it first and comment on us and uh, tell us everything that was wrong with it. So, cool shit like that happens. I mean, it, we still kind of want people to tell us when there's stuff wrong with it. Yes. You know we're
2: still, we're still ironing out the kinks,
0: but yeah, it's pretty now. <laughs> the ads are still super <laughs> obtrusive, but we are uh, attempting to scale that back. We have plans. I don't know, that Lafleur one was kind of cool. <laughs> that was pretty freaking awesome, in all honesty. <laughs> <sighs> oh man, we are also brought to you, of course, by MUBI, the online streaming cinema, where every day they're fantastic curators, bring you a brand new film to watch and enjoy. You can download them to watch them on the go. It is travel season, so that could be very helpful. I am sort of planning on doing that, but I'm going to be on a plane with a three-year-old, so I don't even know if I'm going to be able to work that out. Unless, by some grace of God, she falls asleep on the way. (laughs) Uh, You can also stream them to your smart TV. They have dedicated smart TV apps, and of course you can watch them on your laptop or straight on your phone if you are a monster. Here is some of the great new stuff that's on movie Last week, I talked about The Widowed Witch, which is about a woman who has three husbands die, is called a witch by her community, and then decides to lean in and just uh, let people assume that that is the truth. We also have in the Francis Ford Coppola cinema, One from the Heart. Another one of his controversial movies in terms of quality, if not theme. (laughs) In Las Vegas, Franny, a Fremont Street travel agent, dreams of taking off to the exotic locales to which she sends her clients. Meanwhile, her husband, Hank, is preoccupied with the purchase of their spacious, slightly seedy Spanish modern home as a good investment. What the... I hit the wrong button. (laughs) I'm not used to this fucking... (laughs) Michael Snydell just took a snapshot of all of us I did.
2: I did. I did not mean to do that. I meant to make it bigger. He just wants to remember this moment forever. Yes.
1: That's going in the podcast post.
0: The moment where I read the copy for one from the host. Anyway, you can get a free 30-day subscription to MUBI by going to MUBI.com slash FilmStage. Again, that is MUBI.com slash FilmStage. And that is all for now. Um, there's nothing now to keep us from diving into our feature review, which of course is Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. I know people have feelings about spoilers and stuff, so I want to kick us off before I even play the trailer for anyone who's just here for the bare bones assessment. Yes or no? Gentlemen, should people go and see this movie? Dan
1: Austin Sure. Why not? Okay.
0: Michael Snyder. It's a part
1: of the culture. You need to see it.
0: It's, it's as, it sucks that that is true. <laughs> <laughs> like you need an opinion on this.
1: Yeah. Do you want to go on Twitter this week? Then go see it because that's <laughs> all anyone's going to be talking about.
0: 100% true. Michael Snydell.
1: As a casual Star Wars fan,
2: no.
0: Yeah, as a fan of a uh, casual fan of Star Wars and as a real invested fan of cinema, I am also going to say no. So, it's going to be an interesting episode. Before we get into our main spoiler-free review, let us play the trailer. Feeling. The Force brought us
1: together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me no one
0: does all right that is part of the trailer for star wars episode 9 the rise of skywalker this movie picks up at the continuing adventures of finn poe and Rey as they seek to once and for all destroy the first order and rose as well right rose is a big part of this <laughs> you fool you child no um We're here to talk about it again, as always. This will be a slightly spoiler-free upfront, though again, you know, if you're the type of person who cares about these things, you will consider almost everything a spoiler. We will then move into our spoiler section, which I assume will take up the bulk of this episode. So let's kick it off with our guest, Dan Gavastin. What are you asking me? What what, (laughs) what kind of... What kind of... Defend yourself. You've been on a fucking podcast before.
1: Well, I understand that, but like, I think... The reason I ask that question is because Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, look, we all are going to have opinions on it. Everyone on the planet is going to see it just because it is Star Wars. But, like, there are many different ways to discuss this movie. Like, is it a good sequel to The Last Jedi? Is it a good end of this trilogy? Is it a good end of the nine movies? Is it a decent movie in its own right? Right. Like, I, I wouldn't even... I don't even know where to begin uh, on something like this. Uh, what are you most interested in hearing from me, Brian? Because I know you've brought me on for a reason.
0: I almost... Okay, I want you to start with, is it a good movie in its own right?
1: I will say I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I've now I've now seen it twice. And okay. the first time, I was a lot more mixed than I was the second time, where I kind of went into it going... I'm gonna, I know what it is now, and it's not a sequel to The Last Jedi in most ways. Um, It's very much a sequel to The Force Awakens and whatever J.J. Abrams invented the trilogy there to be. Um, And, you know, uh, this could be a product of really diminished expectations. Like, uh, I'll say up front that I think The Force Awakens is, if not the worst Star Wars film should be considered amongst the worst Star Wars films. I think it is hugely uh uninventive, the characters make no sense and JJ Abrams is at his like most copycatish soullessness. And you know, The Rise of Skywalker I think improves upon that film in a number of ways. I think that JJ Abrams uh ha- is kind of figured out these characters a bit more and they are actually given, you know, maybe not the most satisfying character arcs, but they do have arcs. And I think Ray's works perhaps the best, uh, of the bunch in this film. Whereas in the force awakens, I I can't even begin to describe to you an arc for a single character in that movie. Um, that plays out naturalistically. I think that the character dialogue is an improvement here there's a better sense of world building going on in this film, even if it has to kind of dump tons of exposition on us. I do think that like the environments and the scenarios that the characters find themselves in, uh, well, maybe not naturalistic feel more fleshed out and of a piece. Um, and, and I think that like in moments, the kind of callbacks, work as a sort of like a bookend to the series in a way that they didn't in the force awakens where one can stumble upon the millennium Falcon. That's just under a sheet somewhere (laughs) in the desert. Um, I do think the film is a little too proud of itself in a number of moments. Uh, I won't get into spoilers on that quite yet. And I think that the third act of the film really kind of falls apart specifically when the big bad kind of gets into his machinations that don't make a lot of sense. Um, but I think there's a genuinely enjoyable adventure with some good humor and uh, fun characters, you know, that happens along the way. And and enough that I got swept up in it. It's like I really have grown. The Last Jedi has grown on me, but it doesn't really have the shwa- the swashbuckling buckling. Star Wars stuff in it, and this film has, like, a a pretty good deal of that that I found enjoyable, and, you know, as kind of, like, two separate ends of the Star Wars equation, you know, this has some of the stuff that I really felt was kind of missing, so uh, I I enjoyed seeing that on screen. Does that sound like a fair, like, half-hearted endorsement for this film?
0: (laughs) That is probably as kind as anyone will be on this podcast about this film, I have to assume. So like, okay. Yeah. It's got that going for it.
2: Um, Dan, where do you generally fall on JJ's past work?
1: Um, you know, I think, you know, I enjoy JJ more in the television realm than I do in the film realm. I think I really enjoyed his first star Trek and, you know, Into Darkness, you know, it still had, to, you know, it's positives, even though I, I feel like it, it's script was really problematic. And I think a lot of the problems you can see in his Star Wars films are uh, evident in the Star Trek films. I mean, you know, running into Spock in a random ice cave on a <laughs> on a planet, you know, like it's the kind of narrative expediency. um, And I think J.J. Abrams thinks that he... Uh, He thinks that he values emotional uh, storytelling over logical storytelling, so he lets his heart kind of carry him. The problem, I think, with his work that's especially evident in his films is that he's kind of a soulless filmmaker. His characters don't really have interior lives, and I think that really became evident in The Force Awakens where, like, say, for example, Finn, who – has an awakening and decides not to be a stormtrooper anymore because he sees one of his fellow sor- storm stormtroopers murdered by Poe Dameron. Is then in his next scene. Murdering stormtroopers with Poe Dameron. So, um, you know, Look, like, when
0: Oscar Isaac starts doing something, you just join him and start doing it too. Sure, if you have sure. the option to become his BFF, you Fairly fucking take persuasive. it,
1: right? But he does it quite gleefully, and you know, perhaps Brian, you would be swayed by uh, by Oscar Isaac. But like, it, these are character turns that make no sense, and you know, I, I just think JJ just doesn't really understand you know, the kind of interiorize these characters. And I think by extension, doesn't really get the kind of mysticism and religion of the force. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, especially in that film. Um, and I think in this film, he still plays the force and Jedi like their superheroes. And I think Mm -hmm. that this film really feels more like a Marvel film than it does a, a star Wars film. Uh, like I think if this was a Marvel film, it would be getting rave reviews because I just don't think people hold it up to that standard is gleeful about killing people in the way star Wars never has been. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't think he really gets this series entirely, but as a piece of blockbuster entertainment, you know, like if, if I were to say this is the worst piece of blockbuster entertainment that I've seen, that that would be a huge lie. Like (laughs) it's just not like there are genuinely, like exciting set pieces, I think, and good jokes and great design work. Like, it doesn't all hold together, but like, as an expectation of what we've been getting, like, I I, I would put this above a great number of things that I've I've seen in theaters this year. And um, give me give me an example. <laughs> Wh- what a, do you mean
0: what's the worst movie than this you saw
1: oh my god i mean i just want to well, know i'm curious uh like in terms of blockbuster like filmmaking
0: yeah like don't yeah. don't give me some like student film you saw where you could see the boom mic like give me oh like i would 100. i
1: would say godzilla king of the monsters oh, or wow or it, or it chapter two or
0: speaking of, speaking of how long the year is
1: <laughs> Yeah, or totally forgot like,
0: Godzilla King of the Monsters came yeah, out this what? year. Uh,
1: Ali- Alita Battle Angel.
0: Oh no! Uh, wait a second! Whoa! No, hold no, on! No. <laughs> Alita Battle Angel is so much better yeah, than this movie. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> just just because uh, of the sheer weirdness of it. Yes, Alita goes for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, look, I, I appreciate that about it too. You know, but uh, I, I, anyway, those are just like ones I just pulled off the top of my head here. But okay. like. Uh, you know, I I would I would I would put it above ad astra if if you're if you're oh, really you asking sick it. son of a bitch, but, what is uh, wrong with you? You know, like I because I know that's a favor of yours. This but, is why uh, we
0: stopped podcasting together, I'm just remembering. <laughs> 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 now did you see Dumbo?
1: I did not see Dumbo. Okay.
0: I'm legitimately like struggling within myself as to like if someone sat me down and said, You're gonna be stuck in this room for three hours. This TV will be on whether you want it to be or not. Which would you prefer to be on? Rise of Skywalker or Dumbo? I'm not sure which one I would choose.
1: I mean, did you see the Goldfinch this year? That's at the bottom of my list.
0: Oh, no, I didn't see that.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we
0: had like a thousand people. <laughs> we had like a real debate as to whether or not we should even yeah. bother. And then we did not.
1: Yeah. All I mean, right. look, I'm weird. Like, I think Jojo Rabbit is garbage, but like everybody else disagrees with me. So whatever. Agree with me, disagree with me. I'm coming in with a lukewarm take here, which is like, you know, like I enjoyed it enough. Like, and like I have lowered standards for these things, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not gonna be, they're <laughs> not gonna be the Empire Strikes Back. Like, I don't even think Last Jedi is like, I think people are. Like, there's a lot of great things about that movie, but people are gleefully able to overlook major problems with that movie, like that its whole third act doesn't make any sense. Uh, So, you know, like they they share there's enough similarities and strange plotting, I think, between the movies. They're not totally from different, like completely different groups of people.
0: Interesting. Well, we are definitely going to be litigating some Last Jedi feelings, and it's not even like I want to. It's just that the movie, this movie itself, seems to be litigating. It forces you to. Yeah.
1: Well, well, no, that's the strange, the strangest thing about this sure. movie is that it is such a punch back at the Last Jedi, and right, yeah. even when if you could like um, justify it in character, there's a line that like we'll have to get into it in spoilers.
0: Yes, I mean. There's a lot exact line you're thinking. (laughs) There's a, there's like four lines I'm thinking of. Um, before we do that, of course, you know, we still have uh, Michael Snydell. What are your basic uh, roundabouts, every thoughts on this movie? Yeah. You know, I, I I was,
2: I was so fucking bored in this movie guys. Like I, I, I am a casual star Wars fan. I've seen them all. I, they're fine. I don't have the nostalgia for them that a lot of people have. I I liked Last Jedi uh, the most of of these past three because I felt like it was trying some things. I actually rewatched it uh, two two nights ago, and you know I was it's definitely a corny movie at times, but I, I was just impressed with uh, how how seriously it does want to take some of that mysticism stuff. Yet you know I I can't help but think of. Um, you know, like even as it's somewhat as a goofily earnest scene, but the the scene near the end of Last Jedi where uh, Luke is talking to Ray about about the nature of the Force and how it's it's not any uh, sorry, it's not any explicit good or evil. It's rather the Force between things, and I feel like that type of nuance is just totally missing from this movie. Which just feels like it's it's constantly moving, uh, by the kind of the seat of its pants, especially for the first hour plus. This movie's like, hey, here's the MacGuffin, here's another MacGuffin. Uh, we're gonna go to this planet,
0: and like even you must find literally... the dagger. You must find the wayfinder. <laughs> must...
2: It's it's almost like even the even the scene where they like jump through I, I forgot what they call it i think it's uh light speed jumping or something and they go through like five different worlds and you see a glimpse of it for about three seconds and it, it's just like that in a sense is kind of how i feel about the world building in this movie even every every place that we actually end up in i guess i can't be any more specific than this <laughs> any place that we actually end up in like I, everything just feels so perfunctory and like written on the fly to me in such a bizarre way especially for a movie that's like it's just constantly uh barraging you with uh noise and constant um constant like rotating shots and just like i just i never felt like anything was allowed to land you know whether it's any of the close calls with the 10 people you think died, but maybe didn't, or like jokes, which are just like sitcom quips in a way that even force awakens didn't really feel to me. Like again, star Wars like has always been a little corny to me. That's been part of the, uh, part of the appeal when it works for me. And this just as it keeps going, uh, it's the scaffolding that it's built on is some some real goofy twists that not only not, not only feel like direct rebukes to the past film but feel like direct rebukes to the possibility of even treating these people as like real characters like it, it's interesting, Dan, that you were talking about. Uh, the characterization of Force Awakens, I, I agree. I, I thought that was pretty bad. But I thought, for instance, like when, when you think of how Poe is seen in Last Jedi, like I, I think it's very interesting that you know he has you know three or four main things that are part of his arc from you know kind of the uh, very familiar rogue to someone who realizes that you know uh he's not as wise as he thinks he is so, it, so it's, it's just very interesting to see a film that doesn't feel like it has uh that sense of rhythm from the, from the word go um and and again like i i will say up front like brian, <laughs> brian got mad at me because i i still am like i think last jedi is fine but like I think I vastly underrated it after seeing this and it's Harry Potter bullshit. Ending. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like it, it just, I, I don't know. I was kind of excited uh, about this movie and I, I wasn't spoiled enough on JJ to think that he would just, you know, torpedo this, but just from early on, I guess the most damning and, condescending thing i guess i can also say is this felt like a kids movie to me and i i get that that's what it's always been in the same way that all of these franchises need to be uh kids movies but like i so rarely felt like this was being made for for me uh, about the arcs of these characters like just everything just uh everything just felt very perfunctory and even brief moments of world building and things like that. And actors that I love (laughs) wasted in multiple scenes. Like I I just, I don't know what's going on with this movie. Was it written in the last like two weeks? Like I I really have questions.
1: (laughs) I think there are some pretty obvious signs of massive rewrites in the movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. the villains, stated goal changes in the third act <laughs> from I'm going to kill you to I never wanted you dead. Uh, sure. and, and I think
0: that's supposed to be like a twist, but like there's a, there's a difference between a twist and lying to someone, um, <laughs> which is something that I brought up uh, when we were talking about infinity war and then Endgame is that there's a difference between your sure. friend having cancer like a legitimate cancer scare and then finding out he doesn't have cancer and your friend just straight up lying to you about having cancer. Like in the one case for a while, you were living in the reality of my friend might die. And in another case, mm-hmm. once it's over, you're just fucking mad at your friend because he's an <laughs> asshole who told you that he had cancer for why, Like just to like add some drama to your life. And this movie is a lot of the bad friend and I um I did not have fun at this movie. I found it to be loud and exhausting, and um, shockingly poorly made. Um, the movie has the most lightsaber fights, I think, of any of these three movies, and possibly of any of the Star Wars movies. And um, attack the clones. I feel like was constant wall to wall. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's true. Because they open with a lightsaber fight. Sure, and then like there's one giant lightsaber fight that's technically 500 simultaneous lightsaber <laughs> fights. But so this movie, and like I just kept like I almost out loud in the in the theater said, "Go to a wide shot." <laughs> like the the Phantom Menace is not a great movie, but the the duel of the fates, the the Darth Maul Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan lightsaber fight, sure. as a child was i a child when did that movie come out 1999 i think it was 99, okay so i was yeah. 12 years old that's a child as a child that fucking rocked like that and, sure. and i was talking to a friend about this earlier and she was upset because i said i hated this movie uh which i guess is the the bulk of my uh my response <laughs> to it um and she said are you a fan of star wars and i said well i was and she said, well, see your bias, like something made you dislike it. And now you're coming in. I'm like, no, 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 that's crazy. Like I really loved the last uh. Jedi. And as a child, I was all about Star Wars. I used to like pretend to be in Star Wars. I wasn't one of the people who had the book, you know, and like the bounty hunters and like could name everyone. And like, that was me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but like I, I could be friends with that person. I would find the stuff they were telling me interesting. You know, I know that like Bosk is the reptile guy. You know, I know IG-88 is the, the, uh, the robot dude. And, um, I was into it. Like, and, and I, I said to to her when I was talking to her, I was like, you know, I don't know what happened to me, but like sometime around being a teenager, I just stopped being a fan of things. Like I just would never define Same. myself that way. And just like, there's a part of me that constantly feels like I'm missing something by not holding on to those things. And, um, yeah, I don't know what happened. But I walked into this movie and and I I saw the response that it got critically and um was not pleased because the at the end of the last Jedi, which I loved and which I called my favorite Star Wars film at the time and which I think still holds that. Uh I was so excited for where this could go. Cuz at the end of the Force Awakens, I could kind of feel What was going to happen? I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to spend two more movies figuring out who (laughs) Ray's parents are. And who gives a fuck? (laughs) And like, you know, we're going to have to keep hanging out with the old people when all I want to do is get to know the new people. And like, I just was like furious at the end. And like, I thought that The Force Awakens was a decent movie because it set up characters who I really wanted to spend time with. You know, I liked Finn. I liked Ray. I liked Poe. I liked BB 8. And then The Last Jedi came along and like, Blew everything the hell up. It was, it was fantastic. Like I left that movie exhilarated. Cause I was like, now they have paired away all the, the, the mythology fat that was going to drag down this series and they can, can go get down anywhere. To brass tacks. <laughs> it can go anywhere. Maybe it's going to, I feel like I should have listened to our episode on the, the, the last Jedi. I feel like I, I had this like idea of like, what if it opens like 10 years After the last Jedi and like Ray is like training new people in the ways of the force, but not calling them Jedi. And like, you know, maybe because Carrie Fisher died, it'll just open with her funeral. And it's like all this stuff. It could be everything. And Kylo is like more entrenched as like the Supreme leader and blah, blah, blah. And to find that, like, none of that happened. You know, I guess I I sort of now understand why fans get upset when like their little headcanon wishes don't come true because like there's (laughs) a legitimate part of me that's like everything that i came up with in my wildest dreams feels like it's a better idea than this movie which is uh the kind of fucked up stuff that i usually make fun of people for saying but this movie just feels very lacking in courage and imagination and like i said just on a pure filmmaking level you know like i love a good aerial dogfight and this movie has a big one and it just did not land at all with me and um Same DP, oddly, interestingly enough, as well. I mean, the colors are fine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can't blame the DP for like all of the the blocking and you know the VFX shots of like giant things happening, you know, because at the at the end of the day, like a cinematographer is super important and very much defines the visual style of a movie. But if JJ's like really get up on Kylo's face and cross-cut between the two of them as they're having this lightsaber fight, the DP could of course turn and say would you like a wide shot? <laughs> but if JJ says no, then that's that's what they got to deal with. Um, sure. So this movie like exhausted me and at a certain point I, <laughs> and Dan, it's funny because we talked about this and you said there's going to be a point where I think like you check out of this movie <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I know what point that is and when it happened, I did in fact check out of this movie and I just became a surly observer to this continued parade of insults And I got real tired of it. And like it started to happen where like the movie almost trains you how to see through its twists and tricks Mm. in a really just boring way. Not even for the point of like subverting them later on, like right up until the final shot. It's still doing the same boring stuff that it had been doing. So this was a. I wasn't expecting J.J abrams whose name i don't think we have said out loud in its full this entire time we just keep calling him jj, JJ. <laughs> it's like when we do a terrence malick film and i just keep calling him terry um looking forward Denny. to recording a hidden life in a month um every like i, I didn't think jj was going to go full bore with everything that ryan johnson set up but i did not expect him to walk back as hard so many of the interesting Choices that he made, and uh, some of that may fall on the Disney higher ups for how they've plotted these movies out. Maybe there should have been a story group that sat down and, like, at least outlined what was going to happen. I don't know.
1: It's, um, I think he's just not interested in it. Like, I think he looks at Star Wars and he looks at it through a very Western lens, mm -hmm. and it's the good versus the evil. And that's kind of what it's been to him. Like the dark side and the light side are very tangible things to him. And this movie is a reflection of his interests. And I think the same was true in the force Awakened. There's no, they like flirt with the idea of like, of somewhere in between good and evil and the kind of like grays that would, that made the last Jedi so interesting mm-hmm. and, and the kind of like more Eastern, mysticism aspects and 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 the light touch that the last Jedi gave to it but I just don't mm-hmm. think JJ has ever been interested in that which is I think so weird because
0: he created Kylo Ren who's this conflicted guy he's a dark person who feels the pull to the light and wants to say no to it
1: that is but what does that mean what does that mean tell me what that means
0: it's it's like a it's like a person who's struggling to kill his moral conscience so that he can have more power it's and, and Speaking here's of thing. a hidden life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, really what I just wanted to do was watch a hidden life again. Um, go to yeah, my personal like site in, for in, my 3,000 word essay on hidden life.
1: In the Star Wars world, like the dark side has always been advertised as the easier thing to do, right? Yeah. Like it's easy to embrace the dark. And so it should be flipped. And like, I just don't think that JJ thinks deeply about it more than like you can be in the middle, but eventually you're going to land in one or the other, you know? And, and, and that's just where he's at. Like I, I just, you know, I watched this interview with him, um, a Q and a after the screening of this film. And it, that's kind of going viral right now where he says like, nobody is wrong. People that don't like the film, they're not wrong. And people who like the film, they're not wrong. Everybody has an opinion and a different take on star Wars, which is like, I actually think pretty generous of him to be like, to be like, Look, if you don't like my film, that's fine. I mean, he got his
0: money, so what does he give a shit anymore? (laughs) Well,
1: I think it means more to him than that. I just like, I think, I think he just kind of has his own take on it that's different than Ryan Johnson's. And what's he gonna do? Make a film that's not, you know, lined up with his own interpretation of Star Wars?
0: There's just a part of me that feels like Ryan Johnson did him a huge favor. You know, he left. Oh, of course he did. He he left this very rich open-ended thing and he basically said to him like hey man like maybe you felt like you needed Star Wars to be this one thing but I'm telling you right now you could do whatever the hell you want and JJ's response was just like I still feel like I'm gonna do what I was gonna do <laughs> you know it's crazy I um, when I was a young man um I would do uh online like collaborative storytelling stuff and um one of like the cardinal rules was like if you wrote your like page and then you slapped it off to someone else and then they gave it back to you you couldn't just like say, and then they woke up from the dream and everything was like, I said it was a page ago. Right. And it was because it's just like part of the reason that you did it um, as a writer was like, you can plot out everything. But sometimes it's really cool to like just see what happens when you hand over your story to someone else and then try to work your themes and ideas into whatever they've done to you. And it it involves a, a mutual respect in both in both directions and people like seem to think that Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi was like disrespectful to the Force Awakens and anything but like it deepened the characters it moved everything forward in a very interesting way and it left a lot to be you know mined to continue on like if if Rey has no parentage if she truly is this person with no connection then she perhaps is the best person as an outside force to come in and rejigger the the jedi and the force teachings to whatever she wants and this movie uh has almost like the the chaotic evil inversion of that
1: i do want to push back on you a little bit i do think that the last jedi was a punch back to the force awakens mainly because i was thrilled by how much it was beating up on the force awakens (laughs) i mean it literally has kylo ren like they're like, what a stupid mask. And it's like, <laughs> you're right. Okay. Let me destroy it. You know, like, yeah. like the whole, the beginning of this movie is uh, of the last Jedi is very much a, like a, a corrective to the force awakens. Mm. Uh, you know, like uh, there's so many things that are kind of like, n- like instantaneously undone and, and mm-hmm. like, you're right. It's for a good reason, but if you're JJ Abrams and you've set this up to go a certain way, And then you saw all of your things be told like, these are dumb or I'm not going that way. Like the mature thing is right. You you know, would be to build off of that and find something richer. Right. You know, but, but I think uh, the reaction you're having to this movie is the same reaction that a lot of people were had or what people like to say is a vocal minority had about the last Jedi. I happen to have a lot of people in my life that, Really don't like the Last Jedi for that reason. Um, I'm not one of them, but uh, like I, I think that that emotion that you're feeling is not just unique to a viewing of this movie. Like, yeah. if you love the Force Awakens, I feel like, and, and your version of Star Wars is what you saw represented in the Force Awakens, then maybe the Last Jedi was a betrayal to you.
2: See, but I think th- th- my Dan, my my problem with this a little bit is that and. It it is true that we are certainly talking a lot about the last. uh, I literally forgot the name there. Last Jedi, Um, Last Jedi, like did uh, present a different form of of the story. And as you're talking about, I think there is a, a fairness to what you're saying that JJ does want. You know, as you're saying, like a, a Western uh, perspective of good and evil and stuff. But I I think that almost gives this uh, rise too much credit here, because I don't think it's just the ways that this film forces you to look back at Return of Jedi. I I think that this film fundamentally, beyond any question of uh, the ambiguity of good and evil here, this is a film that. Feels extremely rushed. Like it, it doesn't feel like things uh, are organic. It, you know, whether you want to talk about, uh, I, can I not say it? I guess I can't. I
0: guess you can't. No, um, we're not in spoilers. Yet. All right, we can it's, get in there if y'all want. It's,
1: it's, I mean, look, look I, I don't disagree with you. I think this movie whiffs on the four biggest emotional beats in the movie. Like it sure. just does. It doesn't nail them. Like I think it has a lot of the ingredient to make them work. But they just don't connect. And I think there's a variety of reasons. I think mm. some of them are that they didn't have Carrie Fisher, who clearly was instrumental to the arc that they were setting up, you know, even yeah. in Last Jedi, you know, carried from the Force awakens. You know, but then there's other things just like their corrective for that is to layer on complication that sure. undermines where they're going with it um
2: it's unseen footage from force awakens is that what they got the dialogue from is is that correct
1: yeah it's like carrie fisher mad libs you know it's the it's the you know build it backwards which is we have these sentences and you know and these scowling faces and how can we reconstruct the which is it's,
0: it's um it's very obvious Yes, right? I like, didn't
1: think that was too bad. We can talk about other things. I thought never <laughs> underestimate a droid. That's definitely a line that she was going to say there. Sure. Yeah,
0: that's sure. that's there are things like that where it's like someone says like a full ream of dialogue and then just turns and says, "Oh, look, uh, a bird." And Carrie Fisher's like, "Yes, I love birds." It's just like cuz there was no other clear connective tissue to be had. Yeah. It's um there's an episode sure. of Community Where um, Ben Chang becomes famous for a ham commercial that he does and he goes to Hollywood and he's like the new big thing. And they find out that Abed had been like in the middle of shooting a movie with him. And it was like a a gritty cop thriller. And they have like five minutes of usable footage of him. And then they decide to make a science fiction, like star Wars riffy kind of film (laughs) and um, use that footage. And uh, the, the episode is hilarious and it's kind of funny the ways that they repurpose his like six lines of dialogue to do it. And this movie, unfortunately felt a lot like that, that like all the there. time. And, um, like I said, I just, I understand if you had an idea, but sometimes plans fucking change, man. <laughs> like sometimes you've got to really just work around the hand that you've been dealt and do something different. Um, and they didn't in this movie. And that was, uh, I mean, he, he had
1: to do something really different because like, if I'm honest yeah. with myself, like the last Jedi feels like the end of a trilogy. Like, yeah, it really puts like a final note on that moment. Like the boy with the broom is an end of a trilogy shot. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It, mm-hmm. it's a statement, you know? And like, yeah, he needed to like grab that broom and run with it in another direction. But <laughs> like, uh, you know, but, it does. It, there is a sense of finality like to like that. The emperor feels, can I just say that he's in this movie? He's in all the advertising. Yeah. Like that. The emperor is opening in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's in the opening crawl, right? <laughs> the dead uh, uh, that he's in this movie. Like I, I think, you know, is JJ Abrams attempt to go like, how do I inject some timeliness into this? Uh, because that ending felt so conclusive in a way, you know, like there has to be a sudden new thing to get people to move quickly, you know? And like, what's the easiest way to do that? Well, we'll use shorthand, you know, of evil, you know, like I I, I don't envy him. Like, I think he had a, a tough challenge here. Do I think he landed it? Totally. No. But like, I think. Some of these things work decently enough. I, I, I don't know. I hate to be the like coming no, no, in with a hot take of no, decent, fair. but, uh, <laughs> you know,
0: no, i, I think coming in the, hot with decent. The yeah. last thing
2: I want to get to before we get into spoilers is like, I, I, I do want to mention that thing you're talking about finality. I, I, I mean, you're I, I very much agree that The Last Jedi has the finality, but I think that jj is actively against that finality from like even the first act like the the uh close calls the red herrings we're getting like those are chances that could hit they are things that could destabilize the audience but at every point we're being placated and pacified and coddled in a way that's like so aggressive. Like it, it, it's, you know, it's strange that we're talking about Marvel movies because even the fan service in that, like, at least they don't pretend that. And I guess everybody's going to come back. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to say something nice about Marvel. Fuck that. Anyway, <laughs> no, no,
1: no. go ahead. I think it's, a, and I think it's appropriate because I think the difference in the fan service here is that star Wars has never been a series about fan service. And when it does, those are the most cringeworthy moments. Whereas Marvel has always been a series about fan service and yeah. connectivity because it's not just one story. Like the fan service is no, the, the joy of, of all of these worlds coming together. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the joy of the fan service. Whereas Star Wars, like, you might get some like, as as George Lucas likes to say, it's all poetry, you know, like you might get some kind of like thematic rhythms, but you wouldn't get like what you've been getting with Disney, which is the blue milk and, you know, uh, bumping into characters and in other planets. Yes. I mean, yes, George Lucas would do that with like Chewbacca meeting Yoda on Kashyyyk and and other lame things like that. Um, there's like a cut scene from episode one where. Uh, uh, a young Anakin beats up Greedo, which thankfully was cut. (laughs) Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but like that wasn't the backbone of the series. And then this movie doubles down on, on, on fan service. And in some ways, like, you know, uh, most of it doesn't work, but then there's some of them that are like, okay, that's a nice thematic capper. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the difference. It's just that like this series wasn't built for that. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. built for fan service.
0: Yeah, no I, no, I don't think it was. Straight, and
1: yeah, that's a fair point, Dan.
0: I think um, before we move into spoilers, like my my final, just like basic issue with this movie is that um, it feels like it was made by someone who who reveres Star Wars but doesn't find it interesting. Hmm. Um, the last Jedi felt like it was from someone who found Star Wars interesting and and wanted to push it and see what it would do and this is a movie that feels like it's someone who is just trying to retell the same stories with the same people because they can't conceive of anything different to do with it. And so it's almost it's almost like disrespectful to the property in that way. Just the the way that it it thinks that Star Wars must be so simple.
2: I just want to say the best part of my audience was at one point when someone familiar showed up, someone just said, just like loudly goes, fuck, just resignation.
0: My audience int- was super
2: quiet
0: during Mine the whole too.
2: movie. Yeah. There was one person who was laughing at like every bad sitcom joke, but <laughs> um,
1: You know, it's just an intellectually lazy movie. Yeah. Like like, even, even the prequels are interested in, you know, galactic empire rising and subversion of democracy. Like there's something going on there from an artisan and this is not the work that
0: whole, like, this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause line. And like, it's a cheesy line, but like it it fits and it works. And like people still say the, um, you know, we're going to win by saving what we love, not destroying what we hate. Like, and I just don't know like which and they they try to plug one of those lines into this movie. It's the like they always want you to think you're alone mm-hmm. thing. But I just don't think that that one is going to stick around because no. it's so the movie moves so fast that none of the people we meet and none of the situations that we get into have a chance to like breathe and exist and land like that line coming from Rose Means a lot because we have gotten to see her turn from just a an engineer with a with a zapper into a pilot going to fight the whole of the empire or the the first mm-hmm. order. I still am making that mistake. <laughs> my bad they
1: want you to make that mistake because it helps them gloss over thirty years of. How the hell did this happen? <laughs>
0: you have a um, you have an excellent piece at the Hollywood Reporter called uh, "New Star Wars Trilogy Is Failing Galactic Politics 101," and um, it it puts into words a lot of thoughts that I had. I think uh, when we watched Last Jedi, there was a point when I said on the podcast, "Like, I just really want someone to sit me down and explain like the planks in the platform of the Empire and the First Order." Yeah. Cause I just don't get it. Like the best that anyone has been able to give me is human supremacy. But like, what does that mean in this world when we've only <laughs> ever seen people be mean to droids based purely on who they are?
1: Yeah. I mean, none of the politics in these movies makes sense. That's why I wrote that article. And it, it's mm-hmm. one of the pieces I'm most proud of to this day. And, and weirdly I've not seen any, major publication post a similar piece to that because to me it's like it's the thing that undermines this entire trilogy is that Mm -hmm. i don't know who anybody is or why they are fighting and you know i think it undermined the ending of the last jedi where it's like hey nobody's showing up to save us and it's like well then why should i care like why should i want to see you saved if nobody in the galaxy feels that way right and It's,
0: it's the people who who you know are like resistance blah 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 but like most of america is just like i just want to watch tv you know like i don't <laughs> it's just not important to me
1: and oh, right um, exactly and uh, yeah, uh i it's, think it's i think it undoes a lot of like the major moments in this movie too which is like yeah. there's still no grounding for that and i think there's a couple scenes like the one you mentioned with them on the rooftop, which we'll get into. We just need to get into spoilers Yeah, yeah. Like, that I think yeah, yeah. give us a a little bit of political like background, but like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, it,
0: like the, 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 the most that we see, the reason that people have to fight against the first order in this movie is that they are apparently just going to mass genocide. Like that's just their whole, yeah. you know, and like the original movies, I guess I never thought about it because, you know, they're just a fascistic, power structure that wants to draw everyone into their sphere of influence and but like i i just sure. don't know what that's gonna mean to anyone like is it a national socialist thing like is it just like you're gonna do what we say we're gonna take all your supplies and we're gonna do whatever we want like we're gonna benefit the one percent and it didn't really matter in that movie because it was just very clear-cut like there's the empire and the rebellion and now in this movie well this this trilogy it all started off with there's the Republic, which is good and a democracy. And then there's the first but order we don't even
1: know that. We don't know if they're good. Like right. maybe and that's the also first true. Order, maybe they're horrible. Maybe the first order has a good point. You know, yeah. like like maybe they actually like want to undermine them for a good reason. Now we know that they're genocidal, so probably not, <laughs> but like, you know, maybe the maybe the new republic is worse and that's why nobody comes to save it. Who's to say?
0: Yeah, they're just See, like Like it's it's that whole like the economy under Trump thing where it's just like the the first order may be really bad, but like I got a job. I didn't have a job a year ago when we had the Republic. So this is working out all right for me. I'm not going to pick up a blaster, but I will not, you know, undermine them in any way.
1: They kidnapped my child, but at least they gave that child a job. Yeah. You know, like like Finn, he became a sanitation worker. Yeah, exactly. That's. that's he wasn't getting educated before. Now he's a sanitation worker on <laughs> a major ship.
0: A, if he had been allowed to maintain his previous galaxy life, grade again, <laughs> he would be at best a oyster farmer, maybe, because I think that's the only job that I know in the entire Star Wars universe. But then he worked on a spaceship. He got to see the galaxy. People joined the Navy for that reason.
1: He knew all about those spaceships. It means he must have had like an internship or an apprenticeship with somebody higher up. They were looking to move him up the chain. He had really upward mobility. He didn't have that before. Yeah, he'd In literally New just Republic gotten a promotion to Stormtrooper.
0: <laughs> anyway, so now that we've all decided that we're pro first order. No, I just – I, I want to say – I think The Last Jedi was almost
2: accidentally really interesting about the, the politics that we're speaking about because you have Benicio Del Toro's character talking about being a gunrunner and mm. how the same people were selling it to a rebel and the rebellion and no, the First resistance. Order. God damn it. Resistance and the First Order. Like that was almost accidentally interesting. Like it, it there was nothing –
0: to it beyond that right? It's, it's almost like a- the the purpose of this war and the only difference between these two people is that you're being inflamed against each other so that war profiteers can make war profits yes yeah yeah but, um
2: but it's not like they have, yeah. have a magic fleet
0: <laughs> oh god yeah let's just do spoilers <laughs> let's, let's get into spoilers let's yeah. spoilers, <laughs> spoilers now for this movie i want to say my biggest disappointment is um i decided to see this movie in imax because I was under the impression that there would be the like ten minute or so prologue for Tenet in front of it, and I guess I was in the wrong kind of IMAX theater because I didn't get to see that. How'd it look on IMAX? It, I didn't get to see it. No, but how oh, you, the movie the, Rise. The movie we're still look? talking about that. We're still talking <laughs> about Rise of Skywalker. It looked fine. Um, again, it's it's like. It's the kind of... Here's the thing. I was just about to say, like, shots would make good screensavers, but I don't even think I can think of a single one that would have. I think this is an ugly movie, honestly. I really do. Yeah, I think that the colors and the lights are good. Like, the lighting is good. Like, it's not muddled, but it's not particularly pretty. Like, The Last Jedi has so many gorgeous shots, and even The Force Awakens has a few. Yeah. And this movie is just... It's all... It just feels real close up and ugly and samey. So let's just talk... (sighs) Where are gonna start Brian? i don't know i almost (laughs) want to play a game of let's see how many characters we can name who died but then are immediately brought back like you could and here here's the thing you could legitimately name kylo ren like three times yeah because he dies and comes back in this movie more times than fucking tom cruise in edge of tomorrow (laughs) it is crazy um I i can count at least six yeah, there's Chewbacca. Uh, there's all of fuck. the Kylo Ren's. Yes. There's, um, what's his face? Oh, uh, the uh, Zora? Zara? Yes. Zara. Yes. What's her name? Carrie Russell. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> Give Kerry Russell more to do. What are you doing, JJ?
2: C-3PO?
1: Yes, yeah. C-3PO. C-3PO. Oh, I
0: forgot about that. Yeah, he, he dies. And extra then annoying out. in this movie, by
1: the way. <laughs> oh, I really enjoyed him in this movie. I'm going to be honest. He made me laugh throughout
0: unfortunate
1: <laughs> maybe that just oh, says honest, how yeah. ba- basic I am but I'm being honest like you know I I, I like C-3PO stuff I think it's and weird that, that
0: like, they they force C-3PO go onto this because I guess they're like man these droids haven't had shit to do the last two movies but R2-D2 is still like you stay here you get nothing how about the fact that that
2: stupid cone robot turns out to have the the fucking destination the
1: whole time <laughs> Voiced by J.J. Abrams. Oh, oh gosh, really? Really? Yeah. I was Zilly. like,
0: not only did you leave R2D2 behind, but you have just introduced this new cone <laughs> robot who speaks English. I don't know, Dan. You're the super nerd. <laughs> Is that a thing? Do droids get to speak English? I know in Rogue One, the Imperial droid did.
1: It's not typical that astromech droids get to speak English. I'm not so sure oh, what, yes. his role, what his role uh, w- would be on the ship. Like what, what good is he this kind of like, uh, other than to sell a new S- Spiro base toy. Um, <laughs> but, but I do like, I mean, just like as a concept, the idea of the kind of battered droid, you know, like he, he acts like a kind of like stray animal that's been abused. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I like that as a concept. I, I don't think this character needed to be in this movie, but, uh, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of a neat characterization.
0: Was I the only one who was upset that they appear to have fumigated the, the millennium Falcon for
1: Porgs? <laughs> there was yeah, like one I, Porg. I was and... h- hoping that they would be like increasing in number in that thing.
0: <laughs> Cause like at the end, like the Porg becomes like Chewbacca's like, there's like a nest of Porgs in there. Cause they yeah. just got in there like a little, and it just seems like at some period between the last Jedi and this movie. They're like, we're going to bug bomb the millennium Falcon. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I really thought he'd have like just a porg nest and he'd be like, these are my porgs.
1: Can we talk about the Chewbacca death? Because that moment <laughs> actually like really worked on me in the moment. Like oh. when, when he died, so to speak, I was like, awesome. I hope that this is the movie, you know, like I don't right. want to see Chewbacca die, but like, I was like, Wow. Like real consequences for Ray's like force lightning. Mm -hmm. Now, like I I agree, it it was the first twist undone. And in the moment I was actually okay with that too, because they hadn't done that trick a bunch of times. And, but because the, the drama was still real for Ray, like she Mm -hmm. still thought that she and her powers were still out of control. And I thought, sure. Okay. If this is the movie that we're getting is Ray, you know, that kind of in between where is she going to land and is she actually more like there was a point in this movie where i thought what if ray is the villain of this movie mm-hmm. now, i don't think that that disney could do that without angering a ton of like uh dare i say sjw's who would be like a female villain
0: well you we know. all saw what happened on game of Thrones. Uh, spoilers for game of thrones does anyone care no, no. are we beyond <laughs> that now it. If, yeah, if you right, got right, problems with me dropping a game with throne spoiler, skip ahead fifteen seconds. When yeah. Daenerys like went fucking nuts and burned everyone down, and then Jon Snow was like, "I guess I got to ace this girl." <laughs> like people were like, "Of course, when a woman does it, she's a mad queen." And it's like there was legitimate like the whole thing precipitated because her fucking father did it. Like it's clearly a thing, and people were just like, mm, you "Just had to bring down a strong woman, didn't you?" Well, that I already show named also- my daughter Daenerys.
1: That show also like gave us a ton of foreshadowing for that. Like people were like looking the other way for years on Daenerys being hoisted as a white savior on the back of a bunch of slaves that she had freed. Yeah. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, let's just ignore all that. But I mean, I don't think it was totally pulled off in that show, but like, I thought that perhaps like, wow, that would be really interesting if that's actually where we're going in this. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that like, Kylo and Ray are going to switch places. Now, now, I'm like rewriting it for my own, but I do think it sets up like a, you know, if we are to exclude The Last Jedi and just take this movie's arc on its own, where Ray discovers her really dumb parentage of Palpatine,
0: her grandparentage. Uh,
1: and, and that's the exact uh, moment that I've noted to you, Brian, that I thought your brain would totally switch off in this movie as it did mine. Uh, yeah. But upon second viewing of the movie, knowing that that was going to happen, and I still think it's delivered in a really poor way.
0: Uh, I know all of your like story now.
1: <laughs> the 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 arc for Ray in this movie, I think, is like you know a, a decent one. It's not as like edgy as I would want it to be, but it is still about someone who like uh, discovers in herself like this thing she doesn't like passed down to her. You know, it's the old Star Wars line, which you know, it's the same thing that Luke went through, which is like the "My father is Vader." What does that mean for me? Can I turn my back on it? And it's boring because we've seen it before. (laughs) But it is, but it is a complete idea. Uh, You know, it's not the one I wanted, but but it is a complete idea. And taking this movie on its own terms, I was like able to go, "Okay, like I can accept that as like the story that he would want to tell." I don't know if that's at all a defense of the movie but like um it is you know, certainly I,
0: an I, excuse for the movie <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i'm not look make looking to make excuses for it it's more like my my expectations were so low and i didn't have any fan canon for this like or like head canon or or ideas about where it would go because i'd so checked out of it that like i'm willing to roll with it a little bit more i guess
0: i guess See, i mean I, yeah
1: no brian go ahead
0: I I was just gonna mumble and shrug, which I did, so you could go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, I think my I think my problem with that is all right. So let's let's take this on its own terms. See, the, the thing about that is, I don't think she really convincingly reckons with her Palpatine side. Like, I, I I think that, for instance, her her inner conflict after she thinks she killed Chewie is ultimately more considered then uh after you know she or after the palpatine uh reveal i guess like like it's just weird because then she's just then on this own journey and it's it's almost interesting when she goes to the island and burns you know his uh it's not a tie fighter i know he has a special name uh kylo ren's tie fighter is as a different name but um interceptor is that right It looks
0: like it's high interceptor it
1: this does is one look of the, like an Interceptor. one of the few okay. things
0: i've maintained from Damn. My childhood. <laughs> i got it i got a star wars term <laughs> um
2: but uh yeah like that was almost interesting until you know ghost luke comes out um but like that's the thing like a- any chance for any of those moments to land on their own terms, I don't think it's, it's given a shot because it's already moving on to the next beat. It's already like, you gotta, we gotta cut to somebody else. Oh shit. What are they doing over there? Like, like there is a constant sense of that. And I think that like rhythm, uh, Jesus rhythmically, um, this movie is just such a, such a mess from moment to moment that like, I, I don't, hate some of these things conceptually like i i think it's boring cinematically for him to you know like even you think about the force bonding how they now always have to be in the same room like it was kind of interesting how it was kind of a esp type thing in the last one like like there's definitely things that feel flatter here and more wide angles might
1: help. <laughs> it, <it's, laughs> the, 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 the ESP thing still works exactly the same in this movie as it did in the last one.
0: But now they but, can like hand off shit. It's I not... love
1: that. I thought that was super cool. No,
0: incorrect. That is a bad opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, am,
1: I, thought, I thought the passing the lightsaber behind the back was really cool.
2: I, you know, but that's the thing I was supposed to, I know I was supposed to have goosebumps at that moment. And I just didn't because it like, it was so rushed. I, part of me like wonders whether, I mean, I was already kind of bored at two and a half hours, but like whether this would have been better at three hours or something, or maybe there was some other setup that was necessary, but there was rarely ever a moment where I felt like I could breathe in this movie, like not just aesthetically, but just even on any thematic or narrative level. Like it starts off
1: like giving us a little bit of time to breathe with like Chewbacca on the ship playing chess with them. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like this is rhythmically a a little bit different, you know? And we go down to like this training lesson and it's like, okay, like these are our characters. And then it's just like, boom, boom. Like the Palpatine moment for me the reveal of the Palpatine is where the movie just goes. Now we get a rocket through every character beat as fast as possible. Yeah. Cause yeah. I stuff down on the planet, like with where, like there's that planet that's like under siege by the Imperials where yes. he gets to like, have a talk with, uh, you know, Russell's character. Zora. Yeah. Zora, I looked it up. There's, it's
0: Zori. 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 Uh, Her last and name is that- bliss.
1: like Babu freak and all that stuff. Like I like that scene. I was like, okay, like this is playing out like at a a decent pace. Like I think, you know, the, the festival with all the like flags and stuff like uh, that to me felt like star Wars pacing. And, and then it just Palpatine reveal happens. And every major like beat after that is like completely rushed through. And you can see me kind of like, I'm shifty on my feelings about this movie because like, I like felt okay while I was watching it. And then I come home and talk about it. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I, um,
0: I never felt okay. I, um,
1: <laughs>
0: the opening was fine. Have I like,
1: I felt okay, Brian. <laughs> no,
0: I've been a broken man for quite some time now. <laughs> I, um, what was I going to say? I, like, I liked that chess scene, you know, like that's cool. Like, that was kind of funny. But then, like from that moment on, it almost felt like it was going too fast. It was just nuts. It was just, and like it begins going too fast because like you've got Adam Driver hacking up a a, a woods full of wood people, <laughs> and then yeah. and then it's he Mustafar. goes. Was that Mustafar?
1: It is Mustafar. Yeah.
0: Isn't that where? That's where That's Darth, where Vader, Darth lived? Vader
1: got like cut in Twain. So like the idea is that like. The Sith artifacts, the the Wayfinders, are on places of major, like, uh, historically significant Sith, uh, like, whatever you want to call it. And so, like, there's one on Mustafar and one on the second Death Star as, like, beacons for people seeking the Emperor or whatever.
2: And the Wayfinder anyway, tells you where you are in the galaxy in relation to
1: Exocult, then? It's like a guide to door or Exegol. Yeah, yeah. Um, not
0: a great name. Do, do you yeah. like that? Do you like
2: that stuff, Dan? Like th- that level of MacGuffin. Like does it, does that does that type of. I, and not just pacing but plotting does that feel like star wars like you've spoken a little bit about how return of jedi return of the jedi didn't have as much of the swashbuckling stuff and you know some of the character beats that are more traditional star wars like I, i'm just trying to get a sense of um what are some of those examples in, in the newest one that i don't i don't, don't think back. star
1: wars has ever had like a proper mcguffin in it like a new hope that like I guess they have to take the plans to someone, but they're not chasing after the plans. They've they've got
0: the plans. They just have to deliver the plan. It's like premium rush, you know, it's
1: like (laughs) (laughs) they're, they're reacting to like a new hope is just like a series of people reacting to increasingly worse scenarios until the very last moment where like the scenario couldn't get any more worse. And then, Kaboom! Right, you know, it's like the that's uncut the,
0: gems of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> right,
1: right, exactly. That's that's perfect. Let's um,
0: have a Star Wars film directed by the safty brothers. Oh man, oh, God. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> you know, and Empire has a bit more time to breathe. Sure. Like, I mean, Luke's goal in Empire isn't even really clear. Like, he's just told, like, go here and train with this person. He has no real objective. You know, and then it's almost like artificially inserted where he's like, my friends. I have to go save my friends. You yeah, know? That's true. There um, is
0: like zero plot to Empire Strikes Back.
1: Right. Like they're yeah. literally like half the team is just on the run the whole time. And Luke is just like, I'm going to go train on this random plane. I got to go fuck somebody. off to
0: get trained. Um, <laughs> You guys will be cool, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then like Return of the Jedi is just kind of like, we're going to break this guy out for like an hour and a half. It's like two episodes of a different TV show, you know, like we're going to break this guy out and then we're going to go to this land of the teddy bears, you know, and and it does the typical star Wars thing where there's four different things happening simultaneously. Sure. And so like to, to that degree, I don't think this movie is all that different from typical star Wars formula. Like I think the MacGuffin thing is new, but the way that it's handled is still like, we know we're going to go to this place and then just a series of increasingly bad things kind of happen Mm. to to them. It's maybe a little more like driven by the characters in terms of like the the, things aren't happening to them as much as they are driving the action. Like we're going to go into the death star to save Chewie now or, you know, like our star destroyer rather, Yeah, you know, um, like, That certainly wouldn't be something they did in the original trilogy, like fly into the open hangar of a ship. uh, That's their enemies. Um, But like Zori
0: Bliss is like, I have this incredibly rare thing that will help me get off this rock here. (laughs) Please take it from me. uh, I feel so bad for Carrie Russell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that character changes at the drop of a you know, dime or whatever yes. the phrase is. And then she like wants to kill him. And then she loves him.
0: Right. And she's like, Oh man, I remember sitting on roofs with you here. Take this, go save your friend who I'm just hearing about now. And then she survives. I guess she still yeah. was like, I-, I lost my ticket, but I still got to get out of here. Same with um, the yeah. later
2: character where, um, where they get the Wayfinder? Uh, that like it, I don't know if it's an Endor system or what it was, but there's that woman who they meet, who mm-hmm. then it becomes one of the main people in the final battle. Right. There's it's no like, room for Rose. This should really be Rose. Really <laughs> should be Rose. Like there's no reason why it's this random, <laughs> random hey,
3: person
1: who, who was funny. originally supposed to be Lando's daughter uh oh i could
0: oh. feel that happening and i was so upset i was like the, if the, he says the rewrites
1: change that yeah good is
2: that what that bad line at the end is that i interpreted really creepily where he's like uh we'll figure out who you let's, <laughs> let's go find
1: out no it's a new show on disney plus <laughs> i know a man you can call daddy it. yeah <laughs> jerry springer for the star wars <laughs> Did you guys pick up on the stuff with Finn in regards to what he wanted to tell Ray? I'm just curious if you picked up on it because it became very clear to me in the second time. He's in I love out. with her, right? No, he, it's that he's a Force user. That oh, fuck that he, that. he, he has a what? connection to the Force. Um, it it's like uh, it's hinted at this. in that conversation that he has with the character that you're m- making fun of. Um, on the ship where they're like, we all woke up at the same time, you know, the, and, and, yeah, which is a really bizarre retcon to suggest that like the force was the reason he, like defected from being a stormtrooper. And it also kind of leans into that anti-Last Jedi thing where it's like, oh no, the force determines our future and uh yeah. it, you know and and it picks and chooses who it wants instead so of so like-
0: sad the force didn't speak to the forty-eight stormtroopers that he straight up <laughs> mowed down to get Chewy back.
1: Right. They were like destined to always be evil. And I, I wonder if that was like a J.J. retcon for the moment I was making fun of earlier where Finn is killing his own people. It's like, no, they were always bad guys and they right. were always going to be bad guys. It's,
0: everyone knows that Star Wars is deeply rooted in Calvinistic senses of <laughs> predestination, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so like in the final battle, like when Ray dies inexplicably, she just kind of falls down dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like she just got overloaded or something. Um, you can, there's a specific shot of like Finn reacting separate from everyone else. Right. As yeah, though he, he like felt it. He knows um, it. Yeah. And I was, the, yeah. the,
0: the movie is so incompetently shot that I legitimately thought that the movie was visually trying to tell me that he could see her. And then I was like, oh no, no, it's got to be the Force. He must just feel that she has died. But again, like, wh- where was that seated? And like, again, he's this guy. He was just a man who saw a friend get murdered and decided, I cannot do this. And if I can't do this, then the one thing I must do is try to end it. And now they're like, because he's got the force. Like even the guy who's situated as the regular Joe is now force sensitive. And I legit, I'm furious, Dan Gavosden, <laughs> that you would make <laughs> me see this. Because I thought like-
1: I'm what? just, this is like a clockwork orange. I'm just like holding your <laughs> eyes open and telling see you these See these things terrible
0: engaged. things. Because yeah.
1: like my whole thing was like, you know
0: he could be sensitive you know like there's that concept of like you're force sensitive but you're not like a force user you know and so like i thought maybe he was just like he was really committed to her and like maybe like maybe because he this isn't, I just like, maybe I just don't know what the fuck the force is, you know? Cause like I thought the force in the first movies was like a, a, an ether around everyone that if you were powerful enough and in tune with its vibrations on a philosophical level, you could control shit. And then George Lucas is like, it's insects in your blood. And I was like, Oh, curious, but okay. And the (laughs) insects are the ones who can control the ether. And I'm like, all right. And now in this thing when especially coming off the last jedi where luke's like it doesn't belong to the jedi it doesn't belong to anyone it belongs to everyone and if you're feeling it you can be a part of it and i liked that you know because it felt to me like okay now we're really drilling down into the mechanics and the religious philosophical aspects of it where like I'm a Catholic, I believe in Jesus, blah, 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 but I'm not, like, a prophet who speaks to God or, like, can perform miracles. So, like, maybe there's levels like that. But now you're just like, oh, no, Finn actually has force powers.
1: I don't, know, I, don't know, force. I don't know if he has force powers more than it's, like, because the other opposite reading of that is, like, he has force powers because he's opened his mind to, like, the kind of, like, uh, no, like non-fascistic thinking you know like the same way that all those women who were ordered to kill innocent people did then they describe in the movie as they yeah. all woke up at the same time and it's like maybe life uh-huh. puts you in the path of making a decision and if you make the decision for like good it like opens you up to a world of kind of I mean, I, this is just me playing Devil's Advocate well, because this I don't once think again, it, I don't it, think it comes down on one side or the other necessarily. And that's
0: way more interesting than what the movie posits. <laughs>
1: also that's, that's a
0: very big parallel once again to A Hidden Life. Yes. Um another
2: Disney I'm very film. eager
1: to see this movie. I mean very e- eager to see A Hidden it's, Life. It's
2: actually a Star Wars uh, pre- uh
1: <laughs> Hidden Life a Star Wars story. <laughs>
0: Rise of Franz <laughs> Yeah. Franz Jagerstadter sounds like a Star Wars character, right?
1: I, yeah, I, I, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for the movie. Sure. like I when when i when I wrote to you, Brian, when I saw your review of the movie, uh, you know, your your micro review of the movie, i I said, I'm looking forward to the discussion because i I really haven't really landed anywhere yet on this movie. Like, I, I don't think it's any less focused than like Return of the Jedi. It just doesn't have a really powerful scene at the end with Luke and Vader and the Emperor, mm-hmm. you know, declaring their, their, like, I think it's just as mixed up as that. Like
0: because, well, because in, 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 uh, in the Return of the <laughs> Jedi, it's sort of, fe- it's Rose like, an, it's all been leading up to this, you know, like we know that Luke is a farm boy, Vader's the bad dude. Luke has the dude who's trying to, like, say, like, you could be one of us, and then he gets murdered by the bad guy. And so then you're like, I want those two to fight. And then they do, and Vader wins, and Luke runs away, and you're like, those two need to fight again. (laughs) Because Luke still needs to win, right? And then they go, and they're doing it, and Luke is about to win, and then he's like, this isn't how I win. I win by not fighting. I win by, like, laying my life on the line. Like, and this movie doesn't have that, because what it should be is it should be Rey fucking murdering Kylo Ren or something. And I just don't know why they made the emperor. I've heard people say, like, it sucks because, like, at the end of The Last Jedi, like, there's no bad guy. It's like, are you kidding me? Kylo Ren legitimately threatens the life of a man to make himself the supreme leader after assassinating (laughs) Space Hitler. He's bad. He's a bad person. He should be the one you're trying to win against. And it either can be physically or you turn him good or something. But, like, you don't need another big bad. Kylo Ren functions perfectly well in that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, they wanted to redeem that character. Like I think that was their goal always was to find a way to redeem Kylo Ren. And, you know, it's the same thing. The emperor exists in return of the Jedi only as a function of how do we redeem Vader? He's got to go like, put, we got to put Luke up against someone worse. Like, The Emperor is out of nowhere in Return of the Jedi. Yes, you could say that, like, he appeared in Empire, which he technically did, Mm. but, like, not a very memorable character, you know. You know, the movie Return of the Jedi opens with the Emperor landing on the new Death Star, another Death Star, and, (laughs) you know, doing, you know, that whole speech in the same way that this movie opens with the Emperor, you know, uh... I mean, I think the emperor is a big problem in this movie, uh, but like, I I can understand the i the idea behind like we need a big bad so that these characters can reflect off of something. But no, you're you're it's, right.
0: It's so much more interesting to me if it's like yeah, you know, uh, the reason that I love that they killed Snoke in Return of the Je- Return of the Jedi, <laughs> The Last Jedi, is that um right. is because you don't have that, and now it yeah. really is here's the guy who is like related to Han and Leia who we love and who, you know, for some weird reason became the sexual obsession of a lot of people on Tumblr. And like, if he, i mean, have you seen Harrison Ford. <laughs> Wait, you're thinking I'm talking about Harrison Ford. I'm talking about Kylo Ren. Oh yeah. Ben Solo. Have you seen Adam driver? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that. Yeah. But so like, it just is like, I just don't understand why you, you would, you would set him up like that and then have him ascend to that point of power and then have him immediately cede his power so yeah. he can, like, be second fiddle emperor guy. Like, it just... It doesn't even make sense for the character. It doesn't make Shout sense. Like, to- I don't know what he wants. And then you have the Knights of Ren in this movie, which are a thing that I thought just got jettisoned because they weren't even really in The Force Awakens. Like, there's just, there's just a lot of detritus in this movie that feels like it was swept up in a pool skimmer and... <laughs> JJ looked at it and was like, oh right, I forgot that I had these toys that I wanted to play with and then dumped them into this fucking movie.
1: I will have a piece uh, in the Hollywood Reporter this weekend about the problems with Palpatine's plan, uh, which I would I would tell they you to look manifold. forward to. Uh, I really drill down into all of it. But like it begins with like the whole movie, he's telling Kylo Ren to kill uh, Rey. And if we are to believe that the Emperor is also Snoke or using him as a puppet, Snoke also tried to have Kylo Ren kill Rey. Yes. And then the minute Rey shows up, he's like, I never, he literally says, I never wanted you to be killed. (laughs) And I want to be you. Like, I want, I want you to kill me. And it's not even like in the way that like uh, metaphorically. Luke striking at the Vader, uh, uh, striking down Vader, or striking the Emperor in Return of the Jedi would transform him into a person of evil. Right. It's it's a literal thing. It seems I like it's it. being
0: John Malkovich.
1: It's like a ritual. <laughs> it's like a ritual. He's like, look, I'll just lay here, and if you cross your blade across me, then like, I'll go into your body. Right. You know? I'm going to zip like-
0: zap in there, and then I get to live in your brain. Like John why, Malkovich.
1: Why didn't you just have Kylo Ren do that? You know, like Kylo Ren came to that planet Exegol specifically with the goal to murder him at the beginning of the movie, and he's like, "No, don't kill me. I'm going to give you this fleet, and uh, but you have to do me a favor and go kill Rey." Also, and it's like neither of like, those makes sense.
0: He's like, "You, you guys are the first order. I set you up, and now it's going to be the final order." And it's just like, okay. That's great. I have so many Star Destroyers. Awesome. They can each individually destroy a planet. Fantastic. Like, another thing I really liked about The Last Jedi
1: (laughs) was that the stakes were like... That should be the title for this episode.
0: (laughs) All the things we liked about The Last Jedi, even more in retrospect now. Like, just just the fact that, like, in The Last Jedi, there was no planet that was going to be destroyed. You know? It was like, it's the Resistance. Who are these people blah 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 that like that was it and it it made it a lot more scary because you're like if these truly are the only people resisting yeah then that's it and i don't understand why the empire always seems to think that mass genocide is going to get people on their side because it didn't work (laughs) like the emperor clearly has learned no lessons he's like i'm gonna do a death star doesn't work i'm gonna do second death star doesn't work i'm gonna do a bunch of star destroyers or no, first he's doing Star Killer base. Doesn't work. What if I just like compartmentalize and just do seven thousand star destroyers that can each explode a planet on their own? This <laughs> finally gonna
1: work, right? Oh, let's just even get down to something more simple than that, which is. Oh, lightning fingers, that'll work against Mace Windu. Oh, no, it's horribly scarring me. Uh, and then in this movie, he's like doubling down on the lightning fingers towards a lightsaber. This is definitely going to work out. And then this he gets the Raiders the Long Star treatment and his face just melts off.
0: Yeah, um, that's the, the, for anyone who's curious. That is why I chose the Jake Bug song, lightning bolt to open this episode. There you go. Oh, my God. This movie, like, and this is the, the annoying part, is that this movie is so fucking dumb. Rey can apparently heal people now. Um, Aren't it,
1: you watching The Mandalorian, where that was established as a real thing, the day before this movie came out?
0: Are no. You
1: ser- is that why they released it early? Exactly, yeah. Man, well, also, you can't that. release two Star Wars products in the same day.
0: Oh, yeah, you know, that 30 minutes worth of Mandalorian is going to keep people out of the theaters. Yeah, I fucking hate Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I um It's the same thing they did with uh Captain America. What's McCall it? The Winter Soldier and uh, the yeah, uh, the Agents of Shield. Agent where it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, this movie's fucking dumb. Um, I don't understand a lot of it. It's 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 just re- it's a real bummer, guys. Like it's not even. You didn't even think it was gonna be a bummer, Brian, and it's a bummer for you. Like that's the worst kind of bummer. You were like, I don't give a shit. Wait, I give a shit. That's the like right. Yeah, that's the annoying thing, is that I realize now how much I cared about Star Wars. And um again, like I just think it would have been super cool if like this movie had opened and it was like ten a decade has passed, you know, the first order continues to amass power on the outer rim. You know, Ray has like founded the Skywalker Academy for Force Arts. And like little broom boy is there, not a major character, but just like, you know, the, the, or what if it was like the, the, the dark and the light are scouring the universe because the force awakened and the democratization of the force. And now they're each trying to find the most wonderful force users to build their armies as like a hearts and minds kind of thing. But this movie's just like, no Palpatine's back raise his granddaughter, everyone's going to say, you're a Palpatine, you're a Palpatine, which is crazy because as far as we do, he was the only one there ever was. So it's not like it's a family name that we associate with anything. Oh, so who would want to bone him? Seriously.
1: Yeah, they said that it was his son, right? It it would have happened when he was a senator before he was deformed.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) So some poor intern, some Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yikes. Yikes. (laughs) I don't know. He never had a wife, right? Did he?
1: Not that we ever saw. I mean, when he goes to, he, might, he has all those people that hung out at the opera with him. Like maybe he was like, just, I don't know, laying pipe with one Bone of them. Him down. <laughs> oh.
0: I just like, it's so annoying. And like, it's just, it's just, um, like I said, it's a slap in the face to the last Jedi, which is a movie that like reinvigorated my interest in star Wars. And like reminded me as a child, like of being a child and being like, Oh my God, what happens now? Cause like, you know, just like the end of Empire Strikes Back was like, Luke's just lost his fucking hand. He found out that Darth Vader was his dad. They're still talking to each other telepathically. And he's like, you know, son and Luke's like father. And I'm like, oh my God, is Luke going to turn? Like, is this, this is crazy. And I'm scared. I was fight frightened as a child seeing the end of that. And I was worried about watching Return of the Jedi and just like you know i had hopes i had i had a desire for this movie to be good and i didn't realize it until i saw it and it wasn't it's um it's a real letdown so what you're saying is we should have watched cats 100 yeah yes
1: um you've watched my opinion sour in real time on this show uh I, Sorry, still did, I still think there's <laughs> fun stuff in it. Like I still like had a good time with it. I, I just I, but I, I, I can acknowledge all these things that don't work.
0: Yeah, I wish that I had had a fun time. Like I said, like yeah. I like I you know it's just it's it's the same problem that I had with like sc- Star Killer Base even is just like bigger is not better. You know, like the trench run in the original Star Wars like defined my concept of space battles and dogfighting just as much as like Top Gun did. You know. I love nothing more than two aerial craft. I'm making things with my hands that everyone can see, just like zooming around each other. And like, you know, this movie—they're just like. Oh, what hate you
1: stop? Like, it's, just yeah. a, it's a. That's it's not a, how planes <laughs> zoom.
0: It's a laser. It's a laser soup, and everyone's going through. And I don't feel any of that interest. And I feel like even no. the Force Awakens had that to some extent, but like. You know that was just because it was a pale retread of of a new hope and this movie doesn't even have that and like palpatine like does his laser fingers in the air fucking prog rock style and everyone's falling for 20 minutes and no one dies it's just and then adam driver gets thrown into a crevasse and then back and that's already after he's been stabbed in the chest and then brought back and then he brings back ray and then he dies would it be
2: better if it started playing like Rainbow or Dio? while he was doing Lightning Fingers?
0: Would that make it a I was going to say Rush, <laughs> but
1: yeah, I think Dio. That's the name of the droid.
0: Wait, which? Oh, the uh, the the weird Roly Poly guy. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. God. Anyway, I um, think, I think I'm a broken man responding in a broken way. Like I just like Star Wars broke me, and uh, now I'm just like, hey, if there's like a thing I like in it then i'm okay with it like cool lightsaber <laughs> battle in two locations at once neat but again like we, i don't know that, need that, to that makes any sense. standards though like why can't why can't it be as good as
0: the original trilogy what's stopping that the original trilogy and people's love therein
1: people are yeah. terrified of making changes it should be it's it, it's as a as a franchise it's done like it's just done well, not really <laughs> No, but 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 it is because it's creatively like, bankrupt. It is gone. Like like watch The Mandalorian. It is as creatively bankrupt as you can possibly come. It's super boring and there's no plot and everybody is cheering it on. So why do anything different? Like there's in The Mandalorian, the bounty hunter captures people in carbonite. And it makes no sense because carbonite was only used uh in Cloud City because it was a last ditch effort. Like these are people that are interpreting star Wars and don't know what they're doing. Right. Like what's you know? his fate?
0: The, the, uh, they were like, wanted to trap Luke. And they're like, we don't even know if he'll survive. And they're like, well, that's why we're going to test it on this MOOC. And then they test it on Han Solo. And they're like, guess what? He's alive. Good. We can try this insane trap thing.
1: It it It's regurgitation of familiar. I call it star Wars wallpaper. Like you can just mm-hmm. wallpaper it over with recognizable things and people will cheer mm-hmm. and you know, and ma- and they don't want new stuff, right? Like, I mean, the last Jedi is a pretty good example of this, like the reaction to how that tore apart the culture because it dared do something new. Whereas yeah. Mandalorian, all it has to do is show us a baby Yoda and suddenly we're all, you know, foaming at the mouth, you know, like this Disney has, has decided that this star Wars franchise what what they didn't realize was is when they bought Star Wars, they thought they were buying the IP for the characters and the locations and the things we've already established in mm-hmm. Star Wars. But what they really should have been buying the property for was the sense of mystery and unknown, right? Yes. So the first time we go into the cantina mm-hmm. in A New Hope, that's the best feeling in all of Star Wars, which is who are all these people what are they, you know, what are they doing? There's so much mystery and there's, you don't know how it's going to turn out. So when the guy taps you on the shoulder, you don't know what you're going to get, you know? And there's nothing like that in, in these movies, you know, like I even think Last Jedi is kind of devoid of it. Like, like it, it it's exploring new themes, but it's not like pushing the concept of Star Wars like visually, like it's, it's retreading Dagobah for, for two and a half hours, and like,
0: like which is which is, I can't <laughs> deny that. But I will say that, like, one of the things I really liked in the Last Jedi is, you know, uh, where are we going? We're going to Kanto Bite. Well, well, what's Canto Bite? Oh, it's filled with like the wor- the worst, most like horrible humans on earth and like or whatever and i'm and being it's like
1: it's like the prequel movies
0: right. and i'm just like oh so it's gonna be another cantina and tattooed and then you show up and it's like high rollers and like awesomeness and you're just like
1: but this place fucking rules like right it's and it's got a shot from wings in it yeah like yeah. you know it's cool yeah
0: right and i liked that but this movie if if they, if they were to say, like, hey, we're going to a place and it's like a, they would literally say it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy, and then it would be the cantina. And I think that's yeah. your basic storytelling mm-hmm. differences between Ryan Johnson and fucking J.J. Abrams is that J.J. Abrams is like, give the people what they want. And Ryan Johnson's like, I'm going to give you what you didn't know you needed. And sometimes people are going to get pissed at that. The worst part about this movie, I really honestly think that this movie would have been saved in some way for me if, first of all, just to give context to this, this is a galaxy full of incredibly nosy people because everyone's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Ray. And they're like, what's your fucking last name? (laughs) Tell me your family name. I don't want to know just what your first name is. Give me the full thing. And she just has to be like, I never bothered to come up with one and no one has given me one. I am just Ray. And then at the end, she goes to to Luke's farmhouse, which is bullshit. And she hangs out And then she's, like, hanging out with some more. And then this grizzled old woman with a camel shows up (laughs) from fucking nowhere. And she's like, no one's been here in ages. What's your name? And she says, Ray. And then this friggin' friggin' nosy-ass broad says, what's your last name? Give me your family name. And she's like, and she just looks around. And then, like, Force ghosts show up and she says Skywalker. (laughs) And what I really was hoping... What would have really like sort of turned me around on this movie is if she had said it's just Ray. Like if after all that she would have been like, "I am forging my own." It's just Ray, but she's like, "I'm just gonna claim their name." That's what I'm gonna do. I'm a fucking Skywalker.
1: <laughs> and, and then JJ was like super proud of himself because he's like, "See how the twin sons look like BB-8," and you're like, "Yeah, we get it, but like, why?" It's so like,
0: it's so distressing. It's so annoying. And again, like I. I hate that I care. I hate that I care. I didn't realize I, I cared. You know, it's not even like when I watched Endgame and I had like this intense moral reaction to it. It's like, I didn't realize how much I really, in the bottom of my soul was hoping that this movie would do something interesting that would reignite the childlike passion that I felt for star Wars. Which, You're man, a
2: secret star Wars fan. This is, I never,
0: this is great. I would never got as deep as Dan did. You know, but I was there. I liked it. I used to ask. I never would have read the extended universe stuff, but I used to ask about it all the time because I found it very interesting. Mm. You know? (laughs) And this is just Brian. the whole fucking universe and everyone knows everyone else. You know, it's like you went to a small liberal arts college and then became a townie.
1: I'm at the stage of my life where it's like I used to be an alcoholic, but then I got sober and then people invite me back to the bars. And, yeah, (laughs) I'll go, but I'm not going to drink anything, you know, but I'll still have like a decent enough time hanging around.
0: I blacked out and I got on top of a table and screamed, I'm a Palpatine. (laughs) Which also, like, just a terrible name. Like, everyone kept saying, like, you're a Palpatine. I was like, can
1: we stop saying it? <laughs> you know what's a worse name is Palpatine's first name. Do you know what it is? Sandor? I don't know. <laughs> no. It's Sheev. 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 Sheev Palpatine. Sheev Palpatine. You'd be evil if it was
2: Sheev. I don't know his middle name. I says Palpatine. You sure it's not J.J. Palpatine?
1: You know? Because he's
0: evil. Who were and all those s- people in the hood?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were Sith acolytes.
0: <sighs> Who cares? <laughs> okay. Yeah, just, what? I don't know. It was so what? annoying. It was so annoying. They, they've got this weird Sith cult that's apparently like really great at metallurgy and intergalactic hyperdrive construction. And they're just like, we're going to come into this Coliseum and watch our Lord and Master get murdered by a girl so that she can become our new Lord and Master. And she's like... <laughs> I refuse to kill you. Now I'm going to kill you and legitimately everyone in this <laughs> Coliseum who we have not seen a single face of.
1: <sighs> God, I fucking they ran, they I ran out of time. One of them was that monkey guy that like the <laughs> helmet.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I hated this movie guys. <laughs>
2: And again, remember it was... when every character we've ever met throughout the three movies was just randomly at this rebel base and just like, oh hey, they're in the background there, they're right here. Remember Lupina Nyong'o's character? Oh, she's here for some
0: reason. Automatic, her- getting, 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 hang- What she? Oh,
2: she gave fucking Chewbacca a medal. <laughs> remember when Dominic? It was so <laughs> the first time Dominic Monaghan showed up. I legitimately I'm almost said, kid. oh, hey, it's
0: Charlie. Because when you see Dominic Monaghan with a scruffy beard in a forest that looks like a jungle, I was like, ha. Ah, and
2: they just like, treated him like it's not a new character.
1: I like that his character solely exists just to question the holdo maneuver. Yeah. That's like his only role in and the their movie. And
0: whole, their whole response to it is, no, that was a one in a million shot. Like you could have come up with any other thing to say like that only works if you're not in low atmosphere or like, The problem is that, like, we don't have enough ships anymore. And, like, that was a bad idea because we lost a lot of, you know, but, like, they were just like, it's a 100 million shark. We're not going to do it again. (laughs) We got to go and we got to shoot. We got to, we have to disable this tower, but we're going to land ground troops for it, even though we have guns on our ships. There's just so much stupid shit in this movie. That I, I'm so upset about. And I feel like we've lost the thread. I don't know. Like, this movie doesn't deliver anything. It doesn't land anything. It's thematically corrupt. It's it's a broken system. And I just don't know how anyone can look at this and feel like they've been delivered anything they want. I don't know how any fan of Star Wars watches this and feels like they've been serviced correctly. <laughs> because it, they're filleting themselves. I mean, you know. I listened to a very popular movie podcast. <laughs> And one of their, their people on it was just trying to defend this movie and saying like all this stuff. And I just like nearly lost my goddamn mind listening. Cause he legitimately sounded like an evangelical Christian trying to explain to you how it was totally possible that Noah's Ark held every animal on earth and how the world is only 10,000 years old. Like it just didn't sink at all. Well, not a unicorn. No well, the unicorns refused to get on the ark because they were too busy playing around and that children oh, is God. why you should never value playtime over following instructions.
1: <laughs> I don't those know. are words from a deeply damaged person <laughs> yes.
0: there's a whole song about yes. it anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not I was thinking like maybe I'll just play the song maybe that'll be our out no, song, but I'm not gonna no, do no. It. Um, no no <laughs> I'm curious. does anyone have any final We've been talking for almost two hours. Does anyone have any fun? Fi- no, we've only been talking for an hour and 40 minutes. It just feels like two hours. Are there any final thoughts on this? I mean, like I just it. it's a two and a half ish hour long movie. It's a wrap up of a nine movie, 50 year, maybe 40 something year saga. And I'm just like, we're getting three more movies from Ryan Johnson,
2: like starting in two years. We don't I mean, we don't this,
1: know that. We don't know that.
0: I sort is of hope it, that he gets out of that. I would love to see them. I, I would legitimately be interested in seeing them because me, again, me too, I, like he see, he feels like a guy who like you were saying, Dan is like interested in exploring the mysteries. You know, he, he, he's got that, but like, I'm just fucking done. I'm fucking tired. Like it, it just is weird that like, this should be like the cultural defining event of like lives. And I'm sitting here, and we haven't even talked about this movie as long as we talked about. I don't even. Know, what's one of the longer ones we've done recently? The uh, Irishman. The Irish. Well, The Irishman is is similar in that way. The yeah, Irishman is like the the uh, the the Rise of Skywalker of Martin Scorsese's career. That feels extremely rude to Martin Scorsese. To Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap up with a final question: Is Rise of Skywalker cinema? <laughs> does the dog die? did they do anything with uh, the rise <laughs> i didn't i did not look uh, what's crazy is that by martin scorsese's definition of cinema is something that surprises and challenges you i think that uh the the the, the uh the last jedi is and i feel that the rise of skywalker as he's as we've said is just visual entertainment it's just a, a fucking it's a cavalcade of of winks
1: nudges and bullshit
2: <laughs> but brian did you like last jedi yeah, I liked it a lot.
0: Actually, oh, I'm really? surprised okay. that that hasn't come up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> final question, Brian. Did you like Last Jedi? <laughs> Loved it. <sighs> um.
0: Yeah. So this has been a bummer. Um. Well, Jane Vazen, is the person who was vaguely positive on this. Do you have any final things to say? <laughs> I feel like the second we got into spoilers, <laughs> you just flipped from like vague defense to let's burn this motherfucker down. Yeah. You're oh, like,
1: wait, hey, wait this you, you know what? Is? Like? <laughs> you, you know what it is. I um like. As a kid, I grew up kind of reading all of these like Marvel textbooks, you know, where it's like, who is Paul Treatham? Who is the guy that says, TK421, why aren't you at your post? Um, but I read all these books and like knew all about the world and got into all the specifics. And then the minute that the kind of like expanded universe was erased and stuff, I kind of realized that like those details were fun, but I didn't really care about them because they don't really matter. Like what matters to star Wars is kind of like emotional truth. Like, Mm -hmm. cause there's things that don't make sense in all of these movies. Like Luke goes to Dagobah for like two days and becomes like a Jedi. Like what is the timeline there? Like you can nitpick these things to yeah, to death, but like if it's emotionally true, then like, you know, it, you know, it works, you know, like, or it should be able to work, you know? Um, and I think like the star Wars as a series has gotten, more and more caught up in the kind of minutiae of like, how does this all work? And mm-hmm. you know, who are these people and what are their backstories? And they even have a whole star Wars creative team to make sure that things don't overlap. And it's just boring because nothing is, is new anymore. Nothing is, um, n- nothing is there to uncover because it's all written in a book somewhere. Like I shouldn't be able to go buy a book that says the force on it and open it up and go chapter one, you can heal people, you know? Um, and I think like, it's the details of this movie that don't work, yeah. but like watching it a second time on its own kind of thing. And again, I'm not invested in this trilogy. Like I like the last Jedi fine, but I can also acknowledge like it shortcomings as a narrative because mm-hmm. I, I think it really has them. I did. I mean, I'll just say, I think the third act is completely unmotivated. um, by the, by the text of the movie. But, uh, you know, last shot is emotionally true. And so you, 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 you buy into all that stuff if you're Mm -hmm. on its wavelength. So like in the spoilers, I could feel free to kind of like let loose and pick it apart. But watching the movie, you know, I, I was along for the ride in a way that like I wasn't picking it apart because I felt myself, You know, I wouldn't say the emotions land completely, but it, you know, it 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 did it didn't fail completely for me on that level.
0: Yeah, like um, last week when we talked about waves, um, there was a point (laughs) when I when I said, you know, that I don't like to nitpick movies, and I don't like when I see goofs in movies and let those affect my opinion of the movie's quality. And it's the movie's job; it's not my obligation to suspend my disbelief. It is the movie's job to create a reality that wants me to and makes me want to Mm -hmm. suspend my disbelief. And I said, there's a, comes a point when you sort of look at the movie and go, how dare you not be good enough for me to overlook these things. And I felt that a lot in this movie. Like,
1: I I don't disagree with you. Like there are like, I think the last third of this movie, it's, it's doing that every five seconds, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think the Palpatine moment, like knocked me off the course the first time I saw it. Like I was like, Whoa, that was handled so poorly. There's <laughs> something about the second time around like I was able to get past that and it worked. And again, this is like the problem with like seeing a movie a second time, you know, like uh, – uh, what's her face? The famous film critic. Why am I forgetting her name Pauline right Kale? now? Pauline, Pauline Kael. Pauline Kale. She would never watch a movie a second time because she yeah. thought it was a, you know, a, 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 a useless gesture because the first time was the main experience. So like that might be my error right now is that I have seen it a second time and I'm allowing that to cloud my feelings about the movie. Cause I initially left it feeling exactly like you guys did. Um, it's the same way I felt about the dark Knight rises. The first time I saw that movie, I thought it was a disaster and then, Brian, you and I famously podcasted about that, how much we love that movie. Yeah, uh, But uh, yeah, anyway, that's my final statement. Uh, I, it's not an impassioned plea to go see this movie. I just don't really care that much. And I had a decent time. And there's a number of problems that she'll be writing articles about over the next few weeks.
0: I know this because, is going to keep you in beer money for like a month.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Like, I look forward to Star Wars because – You know, suddenly there's an influx of cash in Dan Gavazin's wallet.
0: If it were a good movie, you'd have to, like, write essays about its themes and what it says about our nation. But now you can just write 17 articles about everything wrong with Palpatine's plan, and you're going to just be raking it in.
1: Oh, no. I like being snarky for, like, 10,000 words.
0: Yeah, it's fucking great. (laughs) 10,000.
1: Jesus. (sighs) I don't know. So
2: are you... Dan, so I'm curious. After saying all that, I mean, are you... Has this affected your interest in future Star Wars films uh, in a way that, for instance, other ones in this trilogy haven't?
1: No, there's a ton of bad Star Wars movies. Like yeah, sure. every new every new Star Wars movie is the opportunity for a good Star Wars movie. Yeah. You know, like I, I would say every other one is not good, you know, like but they're still Star Wars and I'm interested in this. Like, uh, yeah, I will admit I'm still a fan. Like, I still am a fan of Star Wars in the way that, like, I'm just curious. Like, but I don't treat these new ones as canon. Like, they're not. Like, George Lucas was the artist behind Star Wars and his stuff is canon. For me. Like, I have to determine my own head canon, right? Like, I do a podcast on Spider-Man, right? There are... (laughs) thousands of spider-man comics right sure like i have to determine what stories i like and each new comic is the opportunity for another good comic or not good comic and that's where we're at with star wars like we're gonna get this until the day we die you know like so like what a depressing statement (laughs) but it's true like you know it's true disney is not stopping you know, sure. like it's they true. just built Star Wars land at Disneyland. They're not sure. backing off this property, you know. No. I am glad uh, they
0: seem to have hit the brakes on the uh Star Wars stories movies. Right? For for them? the
1: time being, until one hits, and then we're off on a whole other journey, you know, it's like true. I think Mandalorian's a big enough success
2: that they might, you know, have their foot on the gas again very soon.
1: They they've learned like Mandalorian is is not about skywalkers and it's safe and and like and that's the secret is get away from the skywalkers and do something safe and it will be a big hit i mean i don't know i don't know how you guys feel about rogue one like i really like rogue one i did not like Rogue one uh but like Mm -hmm. uh i think that was like just unsafe enough that they're like uh you know like uh, we can't repeat that again
2: i thought it was almost
0: interesting I am um, yeah. I I felt that the movie that it seemed to be trying to be was interesting. I would it's one of sure. the few movies where like I'm not like a release the Snyder cut kind of guy. You feel but the butcher. I would yeah, I would I would be a uh, a release the Evans cut kind of guy yeah. for Rogue One. Like I thought Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean like I don't know. There's just there was stuff in that where I was like this feels like it's not right and it's not feeling of a piece with everything else. And the first trailer for that movie, I was so amped cuz it, you know earlier we brought up Godzilla King of the Monsters and I'm like, it's kind of weird that I forgot that that movie even existed because I was so viciously uninterested in it. Despite the fact that like, I think Godzilla might've been one of my top 10, the movies that year. Um, oh, and yeah. you but and I, I saw the... that together.
1: Yeah. We did a whole TV episode about it.
0: Yeah. Back when my fucking ugly mug was on television for like four <laughs> weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that movie. It was so good in the sense of scale and everything was great. And I was like, if you bring that to star Wars where you've got these big dog legged Walker things going around, you know, that could be super cool. Like to finally see it from like a foot soldiers point of view, I think that would be really interesting. And then I just showed up and it was like, eh, sort of there, but not really. And it's cut up a lot. And I don't, I don't like any of the choices that are made. And I didn't like, uh, I didn't see solo. I just walked away from that. (laughs) I did not feel the necessity.
2: I I don't really remember it. I remember Bradford Young's cinematography, which actually looks really unique (laughs) and and like, distinctive in an odd way but uh
0: but i'm i'm kind of with you dan where it's like uh you know i i like i like the the when i read a story i like to think about the world beyond the edges of the story Mm -hmm. and the constant introspection that these movies do into their own selves is is a bummer to me
1: Right. Like I'm actually more excited for star Wars than ever after this movie, because it means we're not going to be seeing skywalkers again. Like (laughs) except as like
0: force ghosts and like Ray has called herself a Skywalker and maybe Finn will too. And maybe like,
1: (laughs) but like, give me like, give me Ryan, Ryan Johnson's new trilogy or whatever. And set it in somewhere we've never seen before. Like that, like I said earlier is the appeal of star Wars is the unknown. And so like at this point in time, it's like, well, all we can have from this point moving forward, hopefully, is the unknown. Like the Mandalorian is like so boring because we literally have an episode where we, where we go back to the cantina in ta- on Tatooine, oh right? Like that's the last place I want to be in the ga- – like literally the last place in the galaxy I want to go. Right, is I've ta- fucking been Tatooine. there.
0: It's like it's a video game type of thing. Like when I play a, a, a Fallout or a um, Skyrim game. I go into a tavern and then my hope is that I never have to go back there again. Cause I have a yeah. massive world to, and like, I just want to go and see like a bear kill a deer because that's something out there that I'm seeing yeah. because I happen to be wandering. Give and me the, a quest and let me leave. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's I don't, um, I don't it's even want to
1: follow a Mandalorian. I've seen Boba Fett's armor. It's cool. Fine. Let's create something new.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, my hope would be, the, the one thing that I don't mind revisiting in the Star Wars universe is the concept of the force and these movies, well, these movies, the force awakens and rise of Skywalker have turned it into like a, a, a magical MacGuffin, you know, it, like I loved the scene in the last Jedi where it was like weird Malick esque imagery about like life and death and light and dark. And like the fact of the force being again, the ether that like is binding and swirling around everything. And in this movie, mm-hmm. they're like, the Force is Ray holding two lightsabers instead of one and fucking throwing some lightning in an old dude's face and like all of the voices of the Jedi's being like we're in you you're not
1: alone. That was pretty good. Thank you. I was surprised they didn't pull an Avengers Endgame and have all the Jedi show up as Force as Ghosts. Oh. I legitimately
0: yeah. thought that was going to happen and I I can't tell if I would have been cool with it or not. I think I would have been furious, but like I was so bored with what they actually did that it's almost like maybe the batshit looniness of that bullshit yeah. would have made me like, I almost wish the movie was worse in interesting ways than this, the boring bad that we got.
1: I was Gives this, Hayden Christensen. Was his voice com- was in there, wasn't it? It was, yeah. but yeah. like, give us a full scene with him. Like let him <laughs> redeem himself.
2: I was hearing comparisons to matrix three and I'll take matrix threes weirdness and clumsiness over this.
0: Yeah. I feel that. Oh God. Man, this this was a bummer. This was like a real I'm flying to Houston tomorrow. And um I, this is just a bummer. Like, you know, I have to pack and stuff and I was like sort of hoping that there would at least be a little bit in this movie that could like energize me for that. And now I'm just like, now I just got to fold some fucking laundry and put it in a bag, man. And like that's where my life is at. This movie I'm is I'm just
1: looking forward to a hidden life, a Star Wars story. <laughs>
0: You know, <laughs> I might I might legitimately watch that movie again tonight just to like wash the taste of this out of my mouth. It is three hours long. It is wonderful. And I can't wait to see it again. And this movie, I just like I saw The Force Awakens and then never watched it again. And then I saw The, the, the Last Jedi. I probably watched it like four or five times. And this movie, the second it was over, I was like, great, I'm done. I've never yeah. have to do this again force awakens is like a netflix
2: movie too like it has that pace where you can look at your phone for a while then look up and feel like you're not missing anything this one there's too much going on doesn't i've thought about rewatching
0: the force awakens and then i remember that stupid scene where han solo unleashes some sort of monster on his ship and i'm like i just don't want to have to go through that and i'm not the type of person who can skip scenes in movies i have to watch the whole thing
2: we didn't mention Han Solo in this, by the way.
0: Oh, that's right. He shows up, but he's not a Force yeah. ghost. He's just like Adam Driver's post-stabbing Daddy representation issues. of his own father in his yeah. mind.
1: And he does the same like face rub from yeah. the Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, he's uh, yeah. They basically relitigate the scene from the Force Awakens, but instead of stabbing his dad, he throws away his weapon, and then wanders into an extremely dangerous situation like an idiot. This is a dumb movie. This is a real dumb movie. Um I'm done. I'm I think I'm finished. I like at this point if if uh, you know what's funny is I tweeted my opinion about this movie and someone legitimately tweeted at me and said, "I hope you go vice level crazy on this thing." Talking about um the movie Vice starring Christian Bale. And I said, "I just don't know if I even have the energy." You know, Vice was infuriating and this movie was just stultifying and um yeah. Hopefully it's been interesting to listen to us talk about it. You've gotten to listen to Dan Gavazdin, his opinion slowly falling in real time. <laughs> I, really I, I feel
1: it. like I've been very all over the map in this, but I'm 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 honestly expressing my like ambivalence and amb- ambivalence and like, you know, taking each piece at a time. Like that's mm-hmm. literally how I watch these movies go. Did that scene work for me? Okay, cool. And then the next one. No. All right, fine. <laughs> like it's it's uh, yeah sure (sighs) just the impassioned response you were looking for
0: i you know like there's a part of me that was i just i didn't even know i like i knew that you saw it i read your reaction i was like this is a a nuanced take and you seem more okay with it than most of the people i know who we could ask and it was also just such a short time frame to like have a have a guest on that i was like i can only ask this of a friend
1: Oh, no, no, no. I'm very glad you had me on. I hope I delivered what you were looking for. Yeah, Dan, you were a wonderful guest, so thank you for joining
0: us. (laughs) Yes, thank God for you, sir. Um, Any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Let's wrap up.
0: All right, that's a good one. I will say I found the score in this to be unmoving as well. Um, Last Jedi, I thought, had like a really fun little thing, and I just, this one, I was like, eh. it's kind of punishing, yeah. Yeah. But again, that might just be because, and we've talked about this before, that like when you're watching the movie and it's your first time hearing the music, your feelings about the two are going to intertwine. And so oh, if you feel sure. like you're being punished by the movie, the music of the movie is going to start to feel triggering in that way. Yeah,
2: I think there's very rarely a, no, I, I mean, every once in a while there's a, there's a soundtrack that I think is incredible, even if I don't like the movie very right, like much. Top but it's very rare.
0: <laughs> Top Gun, sure. Alright, well we are done for today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking this journey to the stars with us. Uh, let me remind you all to go to patreon.com slash show and give us your money. Let me remind you that you can go to mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of MUBI. Currently, they have their Francis Ford Coppola Reignite Cinema series going on with One from the Heart and the Cotton Club Encore. So check that out. M-U-B-I dot com slash film stage. And that is it. Michael Snydell. What are we talking about next?
2: Uh, I don't know. It might be Little Women, but I'm not sure.
0: All right. Well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we don't have any ado when we're recording it either. So yeah, you're getting yeah. this episode early. Merry Christmas. We'll next get you the other goes. one whenever we fucking have time.
2: Yeah. Next week's going to be fun. Uh, and then
0: somehow we're in January. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. 2020, baby. It'll be good. Oh, it'll be good.
1: Yes. Uh, all good. right. Go ahead,
0: Brian. Let's <laughs> tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time we're in their ears. Let's start with Dan Gavaston.
1: Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at SupSpiderTalk. And uh, I have a podcast that I do called The Amazing Spider Talk, which is all about Spider-Man as a transmedia property. Uh, we're exploring Spider-Man from beginning to end. Well, I guess it's still ongoing, but, uh, (laughs) you saying right
0: now you're calling it, you're outliving (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: I mean, I don't know. Will I outlive the comics format? I'm not sure. I think there's a good chance, um, at least in print (laughs) versions. But, uh, yeah, uh, my co-host and I who own every Spider-Man comic are taking you through the whole history of the character. So if you like anything about Spider-Man and you want to know more, we have interviews with everybody and anybody who's ever worked on Spider-Man. Uh, except for Stan Lee and Steve Dicko, but, uh, we're working on it. If I can just get some unholy powers of the Sith, I'll bring them back and we'll make it happen.
0: Bring them back, hook them up to the animus from that video game that I can't remember the name of. What was the one Michael Fassbender was in the movie? Uh, Assassin's Assassin's Creed. Creed? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh my God. All right. Mm -hmm. And um, again, you have that great uh, article at uh, Heat Vision at The Hollywood Reporter, the new Star Wars trilogy is failing galactic politics 101.
1: Oh, yes. And also keep your eye on The Hollywood Reporter this week because I'll have a bunch of fun Star Wars articles that are snarky and kind of take the crap out of this movie. And, uh, you know, we we are exploring the ideas of this film to their like complete end.
0: Just going to and- squeeze the shit out of this until there ain't no juice left in it.
1: What what I mean is we are taking it literally and then seeing how far that goes. So um, come join us over at Heat Vision, The Hollywood <laughs> Reporter. And I'm also recapping The Mandalorian uh, for TV Guide. I don't think they knew what they were getting into when they hired me <laughs> to do that. Um, your your so Facebook
0: like, posts about that have been hilarious. So you're like, so we thought this was going to be like a real thing, but uh, we're just getting nuts with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, every week we do something new and nutty. So like, uh the fourth episode, we wrote it like a video game walkthrough. Uh so it literally has like ASCII characters and is written like you are making choices for a like character including button prompts and things like that. Oh, that
3: rules. Um, <laughs>
2: check and
1: that out. uh we even have have an article that's written in the style of Jermaine Lucier. So if you're a Critic of his work, you might find that funny. Where we get so thrilled with every single Star Wars development that we have uh, sexual feelings, but uh, yeah, um, come check it out—the uh, uh, sure cool news? What?
2: Kind of like an ain't a cool news jab.
1: Uh, it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I think the last remnant of that kind of like empire, but, um, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, he would never wrote for them, but, uh, it's, a, it's the kind of thing. But, fun. uh, but yeah, we have a lot of fun with, uh, our Mandalorian reviews, even if we don't love the show. Although I think the last episode was okay. So, um, you know, I'm kind of having to step back on the snark, but, uh, you know, when I win my Pulitzer Prize for Mandalorian recaps, you'll, you'll know uh, from here.
0: All right, Michael Snydell. Uh, we're coming to the end of list
2: season. So I have been doing stuff for the new and improved film stage. Uh, I did uh, on uh, two recent performances, Ailing Franciosi from uh, The Nightingale and uh Paul Walter Hauser from Richard Jewell. I feel like Richard Jewell is kind of getting forgotten this season. Paul, Hauser is so fucking good in that movie. That movie and Kathy I have. Bates
0: and Sam Rockwell.
2: Yeah, they're good. They're not as good as Hauser in my That's opinion, true. But, that is true. Uh and then Overlook stuff I wrote about sticks which is this really good uh, nautical morality drama, sort of.
1: Um, and then Not I... the rock band. No, <laughs> no, no they have and, a song that's nautical as well you know come sail away exactly
2: exactly yeah. that is not in the movie real missed opportunity if you, if you ask me yeah, uh, but I then like yeah leslie i can't reveal which ones yet but i have will have two blurbs in our top 50 which is coming this week from the film stage
0: yeah, I um, I, because of uh, my distillery finally kicking into gear, I have not been able to write as much end of year stuff as I want to. I'm working on a personal top 10 for my site, ryanjeroen.com, where you can also read my 3,500 word essay on a hidden life, um, which I'm just going to keep plugging until I die. Um, what else? Uh, BrianJRone.com all over the internet for all my stuff I will have two blurbs on the film stage top 50 of the year so check that out name the distillery too Brian name the distillery Schmidt Spirits yeah there you go SH no C Spirits (laughs) Um, find that on Instagram at Schmidt Spirits we finally bottled some shit we're super excited Uh, you'll be able to order it soon Um, be great if we just got a podcast bump of listeners (laughs) buying fucking whiskey (laughs) okay anyway i am tired i am exhausted i have stuff to do i'm sure you gentlemen do as well thank you for joining to talk about rise of skywalker and ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us tune in next time